Hello and welcome to the Witch Shorts podcast. I'm Rob Lilly. In these episodes, we bring you the very best articles from Witch, the UK's consumer champion. By making them available for you to listen to, you can get on with whatever you're doing in your busy life and still get the chance to hear more of our award-winning journalism. Now this week, we're delving into the shady world of apps. Chances are you have plenty downloaded on your mobile. You likely downloaded one to listen to this very podcast. But how much do you know about what some of them could be doing to your device and, more importantly, your data? To read us this article, originally written by Andy Lachlan and Hannah Walsh, I'll hand you over to Ian Aikman. Just think how much of your life is lived through apps. Making payments, checking train times, even diagnosing illnesses. As Apple famously said, there's an app for that. However, there's barely a shred of regulation for how apps should safeguard your privacy, security, and even safety. Google and Apple dominate the mobile apps market. Some 96% of UK users have downloaded apps from their stores on iPhone and Android devices according to UK government data. You might expect that if an app has made it onto the Apple or Google App Store, then it has reached a basic standard. Sadly, that's not consistently the case, and the risks to you are very real. Some apps are infected with malware, some hoover up your data, others are just outright scams. And we found it simple for shady app developers to pay to get reviews to make their apps look popular, tricking you into downloading them. From spam emails to dodgy websites, we're all used to being cautious about what we click on. However, we rarely take such care with apps. There's an implicit sense of trust in what's available to download on our smartphones, yet there shouldn't be. Based on a decade of work testing apps, we know that the market is inconsistent and often falls far below what we would consider a good level. Google has removed hundreds of thousands of apps from the Google Play Store, including a staggering 1.3 million in 2021 alone. Apps with the Joker malware, a malicious threat designed to steal your data, still pop up on the store, including a texting app in 2021 that racked up 500,000 downloads before being taken down. Apple hasn't been hit quite so badly, but its store is not immune, as we saw with the so-called Xcode Ghost malware, which breached the App Store in 2015. In the spring of 2022, we infected a Samsung Galaxy S8 with Flubot malware, posing as the DHL Express mobile app. Within seconds, the malware had extracted a bundle of our data, which could include banking and financial information. This device was vulnerable, as it had stopped receiving security updates, which would have blocked or at least detected the attack more effectively. Although a lot of malware and threats are hidden inside obscure, generic, or even fake apps, big companies often get it wrong too. A lot of apps are hungry for your data, requesting access to way more than they need. For example, is your exact location required to give you weather forecasts when an approximate location would do just as well? Other apps are just careless with your data. We've also highlighted that many apps use weak data encryption, have poor password policies, and have basic vulnerabilities. For example, in 2022, we found that the plant identification app Iris by Crocus Gardening Center was exposing the user's personal data when they posted a pic on its social community service. We got this issue fixed. In another case, we found a critical vulnerability with baby development app The Wonder Weeks in 2021. 
This involved gamers making Minecraft maps with Nazi swastikas being able to access the baby monitors of real parents. We got that fixed too. It might surprise you to hear that around 94% of apps are free, according to Statista figures for 2022. But with some experts forecasting the mobile app market will generate more than $935 billion in revenue this year, they must be making money somehow. That's usually through ads, add-ons, and upgrades. Some free apps are bloated with so many adverts that they are simply unusable. But to make money from apps, developers need people to download them. So how do they stand out in such a crowded market? Over the years, we've exposed fake reviews on a variety of platforms, for products as well as businesses. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to hear there's a thriving business of fake reviews on app stores too. We've shown how review brokers sell their services to multiple online platforms. And these services are also available for apps. They offer bulk downloads, reviews, or upvotes to help push apps up the rankings. It makes apps seem more reputable if they've been downloaded a large number of times. Meanwhile, upvotes manipulate what App Store users see, and reviews are automatically sorted by helpful or relevance, so positive reviews can be surfaced and negative ones buried. We easily found review brokers on Facebook where they openly trade on groups with names like Android App Ratings and Reviews or App Reviews. We went undercover as a developer, looking for fake reviews on our app, and were approached by several users offering reviews for as little as £1.70. A simple Google search revealed a wealth of businesses offering review services. Some even pay Google to appear at the top of the search results as advertised businesses while selling fake reviews for apps on Google's own store, an unscrupulous triangle. Others were familiar to us from previous investigations into review brokers, including AppSally, which offers review manipulation for lots of platforms. AppSally didn't respond to our request for comment. Another site, Review Lancer, claims to have sold nearly 53,000 reviews and exchanged more than 130,000 reviews between apps. Using information gathered from going undercover in Facebook groups and through review broker sites, we compiled a list of apps that we knew had used fake reviews. We then conducted an analysis of reviews on these apps, looking at the data for more than 18,000 reviews. We benchmarked these apps against well-known and trusted apps in the same category, comparing the behavior of reviewers on a dating app to those on Tinder and a smartwatch app to Fitbit, Garmin, and MyFitnessPal. This revealed stark differences in review patterns and a model for estimating the amount of suspicious activity across apps. We found that apps on Google Play using paid-for reviews had a significantly higher proportion of five-star reviews. 60.5% of the dating app reviews were five stars, compared to just 9.7% for Tinder. For the health app, five-star reviews made up 45.8%, while Garmin had only 6%. This pattern is typical wherever you find review manipulation. Another red flag is apparent bulk uploads of reviews. We found that there were clusters of four and five-star reviews over a few days, then very few for weeks or months before another spike. These spikes likely coincide with employing a review broker. On the well-known apps, reviews trickled in consistently, with very few big spikes in activity. We also looked at review length. Five-star reviews on the dating app were less than 20 characters long on average, and were significantly shorter than the app's one- or two-star reviews. For Tinder, five-star reviews were closer to 150 characters long. We applied our model to the top 100 apps in two categories on Google Play and the Apple App Store and nearly 900,000 reviews across them to find out what proportion had suspicious review activity. Among the top 100 health and fitness apps, 21% had suspicious reviews based on our criteria. 
Across gaming apps, 19% had suspicious reviews. So with a 1 in 5 chance of downloading an app that may have gamed its way to the top, and that's likely a conservative estimate, it shows the need to tread carefully. Apple told us fraudulent reviews are in violation of its user agreement. Google didn't provide a comment on our findings, but reviewed the review broker sites in the ads section and said it had taken appropriate action. We're not the only ones who are concerned about the lack of consistent standards and controls in the apps market. In late 2022, the government published a code of practice for app stores, and which has been involved in its creation. The code includes various measures, such as an enhanced betting program, better transparency, measures to keep apps up to date, and enabling you to opt out of data sharing without the app being rendered unusable. The code is only voluntary, meaning no app store or developer is being compelled to take it up. However, the government has said that it will explore what current laws could be extended to cover apps and app stores, and whether regulation is needed to mandate the code in the future. For example, the General Data Protection Regulation, on GDPR, has various requirements, but research shows developer knowledge of this is limited, and application even less so. With a bit of awareness, it is possible to navigate app stores without encountering any danger. Most apps probably won't have significant problems, but it's all too easy for bad apps to sneak onto stores. We want to see higher standards in the apps market, but until that happens, Follow our advice on how to download and use apps safely. Thank you so much to Ian for taking us through that piece and to Andy Lochlan and Hannah Walsh too, the authors of that article which was originally written for the March issue of Witch Magazine. Remember you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. You can do that at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts, and thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker.